You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, boys, we went to Dover, uh, Dover, Delaware, Concrete Track, Monster Mile. Uh, in the past, Billy Bradley, that place has been the, the site of some awesome battles and some good racing. And, and this package that we've got now, Billy, has produced basically a snooze fest. In my humble opinion, the best thing about the Dover race, uh, actually both Dover races this year, the best thing about it was the storylines. But, Billy, for, for my money, I don't necessarily think that the race was running – well, I, most people don't think the race was all that exciting. It was very, very, very difficult to pass there. I don't know if it's the concrete track or what, that sort of thing. We'll ask Rob Lopes about that in just a second. But, Billy Bradley, um, Dover was not an especially an eye-catching race, was it? No, and, and you know you know really who's to blame about this? Us fans yeah. are to blame about it. We complained about the mile-and-a-half tracks, the mile, they were so boring. Now they're the best racing we have, and our short <laughs> tracks and our mile tracks, have they're boring. I mean, Dover was it was a snooze fest. Snooze fest, Richmond's not in this. I mean, if, the storyline at Richmond made made the Richmond, the fall Richmond race, I mean, just amazing because there's just so much, so much going on. But, you know, we – I can't say that I disagree with you, Billy. The, the fan was like, mile and a half, we got to go. we got to do something. Obviously, there's too much money in these mile and a half tracks for them to go away. But this package certainly does seem to to help out the hey, – and, and I was excited because it was a relatively cool day. Uh, we've seen on mile and a half, you know, Kansas, Texas, we go to a, a, a relatively cool day. and It performs well. Performs well, and it just it just did not. Um, Rob Lopes uh, in the house. Rob, what can you attribute okay. to, um, to to the the it's so damn hard to pass at Dover? It was is it just the arrow on the bodies of these cars, or what? What do you think? Um, you know, it's really hard to say there. I mean, because you can run multiple lines. You saw guys running the top, running the middle, running the bottom. Um, Three lines. Okay. I'll tell you what. One thing I know about Dover. And this is something that I've learned over the years is you're either good or you're not. Yeah. I mean, and you could tell. I mean, I I try to remember now off the top of my head. I think there was maybe eight, ten cars on the lead lap at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. There was only one caution, and that was at lap eight. Yeah. Aside right. from your stage breaks. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, when you're good there, like that eleven car was really good. Obviously, the forty-two was very good. You know, all of them showed a lot of strength. Yeah, uh, the 19, et cetera, and, you know, they were good, and they were hauling the mail, and if you're not good, they are on top of you pretty quick. But, yeah. I mean, there, there is obviously some passing. I mean, there was some action. Uh, our, from the sixth standpoint, I mean, it was a dismal day for us, but like I said, yeah. you're either good or you're not good there. Yeah. But, yeah, it could be an error thing maybe, but uh, it also is a tough place to get a handle on chassis-wise. Well, that's exactly a that's a good point. Cause that that racetrack will chew you up and spit you out. There's no doubt about that. That is a, I mean, Miles the monster isn't a monster because he's easy to get along with. It's a very difficult. Yeah, track. the only one like it uh, on the circuit. It's it's um, it, it is a different place altogether. And and I would say as a 
Billy, I'm going to take a lot of shit for this, but as a general statement, even though the drivers say that this car is too easy to drive, I personally believe that the racing is just as exciting. You're going to have a snooze fest every now and again, just like, but it's not like there's nothing going on out there. I mean, you you see a 6-3 football game occasionally, too, and there's still action out there, even though it just wasn't a lot of scoring. So, But I would say, Billy, and let's be honest here, Billy, and I want to hear your honest opinion about it. I think, I mean, I'm very satisfied with the racing that has taken place on the track in 2019, even with Dover not being especially fantastic. But I think the Mount of Hats, have made up for it by Dover's standards. I think the mile and a half has definitely made up for it. Now, Billy, what would you say? Um, is, is 2019 been a, a good year for racing, in your opinion, or has it been a bad year? Uh, I 100% agree with, with you. It's been a good year. And like you said, there's going to be football games at 6-3 to three that somebody still had to score to win the football game. Mm-hmm. You know, the racing in general on track, as a whole year has been the best. I mean, we say it, we just said the same shit last year that how good the performance of the product was on track. And you can't deny it, you know, and it's okay. You're going to have these in this type of race. And you're going to have a, I can respect the ass kicking every now and then. Well, I will say this, Billy Bradley. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about the Denny Hamlin Joey Logano um, thing that was out there. And then I cannot wait to hear um, from Rob Lowe. So I'm going to start with you, Billy Bradley. Denny versus Joey. Who do you take there, uh-huh. Billy, and, and what do you think? Joey, I'm taking Joey. I mean, he's, we just had this conversation a few weeks ago with Newman and DiBenedetto at Bristol. I mean, one point kept Ryan Newman from making this next round out. Joey Logano makes it in by three or four points. He can go back to Dover for fighting so hard that he did. Multiple laps down. I mean, he still earned points for that. So, I, I think Joey Logano's doing what he was supposed to be doing. Rob Lopes, the 22. Are you, about, are you talking about the 22 just racing the heck out and racing the 11? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, because, I, mean, I mean, once they got the car fixed, yes, he was – many, many laps down because they were in the garage yeah. for a while. But once you got the car right. fixed, they had good speed. So, you know, you can't fault the guy for racing. I, I think if you are in the hunt to make the playoffs or the next round or you're in the playoffs and that sort of thing, um, you better not lay the hell over. you got team members, guys at the shop, sponsors, owners, Everybody counting on you to fight, call, win, scratch. And, Billy, that's what we want as fans. We want everybody racing hard, giving it 100%. NASCAR has this idiotic 100% rule that they can throw out when they feel like they need to. But, when they want but, to. But I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with anything Joey Logano did. And, and Rob's right. When that car was got on the track, shit, they were fast. I mean, they, there's a reason why Denny Hamlin couldn't get around him. Uh, is because he wasn't fast enough to get around him. And, and here, here, but here's where I'm going to talk out of the other side of my mouth. If you're 35th in points and you're 36th in points and you ain't doing, and you're 24 laps down and you ain't up to that mother, well, I was getting, I was getting ready to say something a hell of a lot more harsh than what I really mean. But that guy probably needs to get the hell up out of the way. 
Joey Logano, no, he's fighting to go into the next round. I think it's okay for Joey Logano to to want to race hard, especially with a fast race. But and but one right. thing that caught my attention, guys, one thing caught my attention, and it was very, very, it stuck out like a sore thumb to me when Denny was on camera. He called Joey Logano, he called him an idiot. Um, and then before he was done with that interview. He said, you know what, it's not fair to call Joey Logano an idiot. He's not an idiot. But, you know, on that day, you should just pack up, go to Talladega, and try to win there. But it seemed odd to me that Denny Hamlin would, would go back and correct himself in the same interview. Did you find that odd at all? Or do you, do you think there was anything there? Or he just think you realized what he said? What do you, what do you believe? Uh, I, I, I did not find it odd. I mean, I really didn't take too much about it until you said it. I think he realized what he had said and was like, did I just call him an idiot on national television? <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Tried to come back that could very well be. And, uh, cover himself up. You know, Denny Hamlin's been known to be secretly fine by NASCAR before. So, and you, you heard Bubba Wallace talking on the download like he had to watch what he was saying yeah. about this package because he didn't want to get fined. I mean, yeah, there's some shit going on behind closed doors that, I mean, if I don't like something about my job, I'm going to speak about it, you know. That's yeah, you, you, you got to if in, in that situation, but, you know, Rob was found, the 16 found themselves buried in a battle just like this just a couple of weeks ago when everybody was, you know, yeah. wanted the Cinderella, you know, to put a glass slipper on the 95 and yeah. on all that's all coming down. Listen, we have, we got a bunch of different stuff to cover. I want to go right into this new car um, before we, before we get too far out of this thing, since we're talking a little bit of gears here, but you know, Austin Dillon, RCR built, um, there's two prototypes out right now. NASCAR built one, RCR built the other. The speculation RCR built it because they've got, campus with a bunch of different buildings or not in the playoffs. So, you know, they're able to maybe spend some time on it and they can keep it relatively hidden. Um, Billy, if you look at the, the car, it, it about makes you sick and they do that on purpose. So you can't tell, you know, measurements and that sort of thing. But Billy, I got to tell you at first glance, I like the way that that car looks bigger to me. I, I, and, and, and maybe it's the, the weird paint paisleys on it or whatever, but I like the way the hood looked. I like where the window, you know, the the the, the doors are on the car. I, I from a initial reaction, Billy, from the look of that car, and I know it's it's going to change. It, it's got things to go through, but from, from the initial look of it, it was fine. But the test wasn't for anything but just to make sure all the systems were up and running and and all that kind of stuff. But Billy, the, the main thing that they're trying to get out of this thing is that they're they're hoping that the this car will allow a driver to get up to, you know, the, the left rear of the bumper of the car in front of them and be able to move them out of the way. Right now it's very difficult. There's there's that big bubble of air we keep hearing about that they, you know, they get four or five car lengths behind and that, that air, you know, keeps them behind there. But um, a lot of new rules are, are taking place because this is this 2020 is the last year we're going to use the current car. Then we're going to next gen, but, Billy Bradley, um, we finally got the next gen car on the on the horizon, and I'm a little nervous about 2020 and kind of how everything's going to shake out. I think 2020 
the year between the off season between 2020 and 2021, I think are going to be see some of the most major, massive amounts of changes we have ever seen in the sport, Billy Bradley. Yes, that's. Uh, I had to put you on speakerphone just a second because I was trying to pull up something that I'd looked up earlier. You know, 2020, there is so many driver contracts that's going to be up. Yeah, that's where our focus really should be on, you know, some older drivers. Mm -hmm. I I know I saw Jimmy Johnson, uh, Ryan Newman was on that list. Billy, I got a list. I got a list right here. Bob Pogras tweeted it out, and I wrote it down. But Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, if he does one more year, DeBenedetto, Newman, Uh, all these guys have one-year contracts at that I mean they need to get done or they're not gonna I mean right now they're done in twenty twenty. So there's a right. lot of seats coming up. Yeah, and here's another thing, like, you know, yeah, we got some we got some pretty good talent coming up in the Xfinity this year. We got Reddick and Bale and those mm-hmm. uh, skip down a couple more. I mean, is there really any more talent coming <laughs> up? I mean I'm sure there's gonna be some coming in. Now I'm not being a Debbie Downer, but yeah. right now <laughs> really, after you get past the Christopher Bells and Tyler Reddicks, is there anybody else to come up to fill these seats for Jimmy Johnson? You know he's not going to last or race much longer. I ain't going to say he can't last because the damn guy's an athlete. And, yeah. you know, Kevin Harvick. Yeah, I mean, he is that. These guys are about out of the sport. And it's it's not because they can't drive. It's it's a lot to do right. with age. It's a lot to do with you know family family time. And we've seen Paul Menard, you know David Reagan, able Paul to. Menard, that they're able to, and they've got kids. And there's other factors that you know that um, that go into this thing. But um, Rob Lopes, this this is I have been waiting all week to ask you this question here, but <laughs> they are going to an 18 inch wheel, and it's rumored that they may be going to a center lug instead of having, you know, five lug nuts and maybe going to one center lug, I guess kind of like maybe IndyCar or something like that. But it's because they think the loads with with the one center hub and the bigger wheel, they're expecting maybe bigger loads to come on this car. And are we talking about corner loads for for the tires? Or what are we talking about there? Can, can you kind of surmise maybe what they're trying to offset here by going to the bigger – the bigger wheel and the in the center lug. Well, I'm I'm not 100% sure on the center lug, and I was just looking at the photos from the Richmond test of that of that Cup car that Childress brought there. And you're right that that paint scheme they had on there is definitely to hide the lines and hide you know a lot <laughs> yeah. of what's going on. Um, and the the 18 inch wheel is I think the thought process is to make these cars start to look more like what's on the street because a lot of the stuff that's being sold right now isn't being sold on a 15-inch wheel. Mm -hmm. And the thing of it is, is now you've just expanded that wheel by three inches. Well, you're still trying to fit the wheel and the tire in the same size hole, you know, of the fender. Yeah. So what you have to do is now, now you're reducing the sidewall of the tire, which is a big thing. You know, that's a whole new game for Goodyear as well. Yeah. So they, you know, you're talking about, dyes and molds and everything that they've been using to construct these race tires, well, at the end of 2020, they're boat anchors. They're junk. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're they're going to go with new molds. It's going to change construction. 
it's going to, you know, it's a big change for, for Goodyear as well to, to make a race tire for our application. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as far as the center lug goes, I think that's still a discussion. I haven't heard anything either way. The yeah. wheel I saw on the car, obviously, is a, is a five-stud hole, or, you know, is a five-stud wheel. Um, now, if you go to a center lug, now you're changing hubs and everything else. You know, yeah. it's a whole new hub system. It's everything's new. And another big thing about this is going to this new wheel changes everything for the teams because now you have to replace everything. Yeah. All your setup tires, all, you know, all your race wheels, all your setup wheels, all your pit stop wheels, all your test wheels. Yeah. And does this not go against everything that NASCAR has said? They want this car to be like something you can go off a car lot and buy. I mean, I've never went to a car lot and bought a car that wants one wheel. And a center lug. One lug nut. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm not, I don't know if it, uh, if it's, like you brought up loads and then, you know, the center, the center lug, you know, the one center lug will hold, you know, handle the load better. I'm, I mean, yeah. I'd have to see some tests on that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I can say that probably a place like Dover is where you're going to see some massive stuff happen. Cause I mean, you, uh, an older steel wheel that we're using now, I mean, you can tear the center out of Dover. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just huge loads, and I'm concerned about material. Um, yeah. From what I understand, they're going to be in a, it's going to be an aluminum wheel, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that aluminum wheel can handle the loads that these cars, you know, put on them. It'll this be, is all to say. You see, it's definitely going to be a, it's going to be a learning curve for sure for everybody. Billy, the most important thing I read all the list about the the potential next gen car the changes, the most important thing to me was that damn tire. I mean, it is known in NASCAR that there's only one thing that touches the pavement on that damn thing, and that is the tire. I mean, we have all complained about the tire. We used to have two different tire manufacturers. The tire, we we wish that tire would wear out a little bit, but, I mean, Goodyear doesn't want a bunch of of blowouts because it makes their business look bad. Us fans wouldn't mind to see a, you know, a, a, somebody push the envelope on these things. We damn sure don't want to get any driver hurt. But to change the wheel, Billy Bradley, to me, is the most significant change you can make on a car. And, and Rob brings up a point I hadn't even thought about, but you're just increasing that three inches. You've got an inch and a half on top, inch and a half on the bottom. You're going on the center line. The hole's still the same. The so- something has to give. It's not the rim. It's going to be the sidewall of the tire. Billy, I can't imagine how much testing they're going to have to do to make sure that this damn car can race and handle the speeds and the distance and the heat and all that kind of stuff. It, it seems like a massive change to me, and I'm starting to understand why they don't want any teams spending any damn money um, on 2020 <laughs> because I think they're going to be going to the bank and having to borrow shit for 2021. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, There's a lot of costs did, coming like, and yes, I would agree with that. And you know, the test was done at Richmond, like yeah, like Rob just said. You know, I'm I'm no rocket scientist, but you know, Richmond seems like it's kind of a more flatter track than Dover. I mean, what you get in the corners at Dover doing about 135, 140, and all that weight coming on that one aluminum wheel. This is all to say. I I, I just said I'm not a big gearhead. I don't read popular mechanics or anything like that, but. 
I couldn't be more interested on the development of this next-gen car, and it's basically because the the COT, basically, Billy, I, it, it damn near ruined, um, for, as far as I'm concerned, it damn near ruined uh, you know, what I like best about NASCAR. That COT, when it first came out, was, oh, my God, it was horrendous. Um, just, I mean, just no passing. You couldn't do anything with it. Teams have gotten smarter and better. I remember when a bump stop, I mean, a little bump stop was everybody in the garage was trying to figure out how to, you know, get faster by the changing a bump stop on the, it's, it's crazy. This is going to be wildly different, uh, Billy Bradley. We got another thing here on these, on the wind tunnel, wind tunnel testing, Billy. Now I saw you ask Bob Pockers a question today, Billy. What, what do you make about this, this 150 hour limit to wind tunnel testing here for 2020? Well, I, I was just under the assumption that, you know, some of these major, bigger teams had their own wind tunnel. And I guess I was kind of, I was very wrong in my thought. Because the way Bob Pockris had explained it, there was only four that four wind tunnels that NASCAR allows them to use. So, you know, I guess that if there's only four of them, it wouldn't be as hard to police that issue. I wouldn't think so, Rob. Well, my thing is, my thing ahead, is, is the, it's the policing thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's the Go policing ahead. thing that puzzles me for the simple fact is, okay, there's four, there's four tunnels that NASCAR allows us to use. What stops a team from just going to some other tunnel in somewhere in Detroit or, or yeah. somewhere else that, you know, doesn't typically get NASCAR traffic, but it doesn't mind, you know, <laughs> hey, we'll take your money if you want to put your car in here and blow it for eight hours, you know? Yeah. What, what's to yeah. stop a team from doing that, really? I don't think it will stop yeah. your bigger teams. You know, like you, we just talked about that, you know, they're cutting the road crew down, and that's going to allow them extra money to spend. You know, they're not just going to say, okay, well, they're cutting their crew, so we're going to save $500,000 a year by cutting all these crewmen. We can go. We'll go spend that and travel to Detroit to find a wind tunnel. Yeah, I'm very curious. I mean, to there's, see. Wind, there's wind tunnels all over the country. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a big track out in Arizona. I mean, it's I can't remember the name of it, but there's. I mean, that's all the car manufacturers have damn wind tunnels, and they got them all over the place because they're. I mean, car. I mean, that's. They have to know what the aerodynamics of these cars are um, and all that sort of thing. There's closed courses here. Uh, I don't. I don't. It's going to be interesting to see if somebody gets popped for cheating on the wind tunnel because my guess is it is going to be a hellacious penalty if you get caught doing this. And and I understand the intent behind the rule, but this whole new car and and listen, there's going to be a 2021. If you're still in NASCAR and you're an owner you must really love the sport because it is going to cost you an arm and a leg. Now, three oh, years into yeah. this thing, it's going to probably, you know, it, it, the costs are going to come way down and all these sorts of things. But I'm I'm just, Billy, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned that 2021 and beyond is, well, I'm just saying it like this. NASCAR better hope and pray that the fans start coming back at a much greater clip than they have been. They, we've been fans have been coming back. It, it's been proven in ratings and ticket sales and that sort of thing where they're starting to be an uptick now. But 
2021 is going to be so massively different from any other time in NASCAR history, in my opinion. Not only are we changing, you know, the look of the car, the, the feel of the car, we're, but so many drivers or contracts are going to be up. Who knows where they're going to be, if they're going to be in a sport or what's going to happen. But there are so many things. NASCAR in 2021 isn't going to look like NASCAR at any other time in history. And I, I'm not sure that's a bad thing, Billy, but – We've seen what happened when NASCAR goes makes some 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 big jumps really quickly. Um, you start to lose a lot of your core fan base, and there's a delicate balance in there. When how far do you push the limit? How far do you slow? And and, and we got to keep moving forward. There's there's no doubt about that. But, but I'm concerned hey, that this Dang, is going to be big. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the hundred. I haven't read much into it. I just read the highlights and just heard what they talked about on DBC. Uh, Tuesday, is that 150 hours per team, or is that per car per team? It is per t- it's per car number. Okay, so Hendrick Motorsports technically will have 600 hours. They got yes. four cars. Okay, and Rob, how what does a typical wind tunnel testing session? Is it kind of like a a regular ta- uh, track test? Do you spend two or three days, or is it just kind of one day? get your data and go back and see what you can improve on. It's usually like broken up into eight hour shifts and those tunnels run 24 hours a day. So, you know, you might go in at like 11 to seven or something like that. I don't know how they, they break up their eight hours, but it's usually like an eight hour shift and you take a race car in there and, and we use uh, pr- primarily rolling road. They call them rolling road tunnels, which is where it's the car sits on a belt. So the yep. tires are rotating because, you know, that plays a part in what the air yeah. is doing underneath the car, right. alongside the car, et cetera. So you, you put the car in there, and you get a baseline, and then you start tweaking things. You move this part, or you change the shape of this, or you suck this panel in, or you push this panel out, or you raise the back of the roof, or you lower the back of the roof, and you just do all these different things. And, you know, and, and there's a lot going on, on as far as undercar stuff, you know, uh, especially now with those pans, you know, pan angle, what does that do? More angle, less angle, uh, the end center right. on it. Do you one, run one? Do you run both? Do you run none? Uh, you know, there's, there's so much different stuff, you know, even to the point where uh, exhaust position. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a rule yeah. as far as how far your exhaust pipes can stick out beyond, beyond the side of the car because mm-hmm. it plays yeah. a part in downforce. There's stuff there. Yeah. So and and you just make minor changes and sometimes it's a matter of hey we're going to use buttonhead bolts here and then we're going to use flathead bolts. Damn, you know, that's crazy. That do? It'll just come you know, down it's cra- it yeah, it's like crazy. That. Well, and here I'm, we are trying trying to make things you know even more or less to say that this one car team can have the same advantage, but here you are going to give a four car team six hundred hours of yeah. wind tunnel and a single car team, he's just getting 150 hours. Yeah. And I, right. this is Rob, I'm so glad you brought up everything you just said there, man. I appreciate that so much because Billy, when I first started going into Texas motor speedway infield and I was up against a fence, a me, the very first Thursday afternoon we were there, uh, Penske, sent two guys over with high-powered cameras to take pictures of all the cars going into the corner. 
And what they were doing is they were looking at, um, God, I can't remember the word that they were. I asked them what the hell they were looking for, and they told me the word, what it was, but um, it wasn't character, but it was something like that. But they were taking pictures of every car that went in there to, to, so that they could compare them to what their cars looked like. And I'll never forget that same, um, that, uh, same I can't remember when it, where it was or whatever, but Matt Kenza's car flipped upside down. And Fox showed a freeze frame of it, and uh, Larry McReynolds said, "Boy, I bet you every crew chief and engineer in the garage will 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 study be studying the bottom of this car after this." Yeah, and, I remember that. And Rob, you just made so much so much. I'm glad you said that because now people have a good idea of what tiny itty bitty changes. I mean, changing the bolt so because it has a different head on it, so that it doesn't catch as much wind or whatever. That seems ludicrous yeah. to me, but it literally is a difference between, you know, if, if you can get a half a tenth here and there, I mean, all of a sudden you're getting a little bit more better, and that's all it takes in 2019. Exactly. And you're trying, you know, when you're doing this stuff, you're trying to increase downforce on the cars and reduce drag, you yeah. know, for your for your mile-and-a-half stuff, for your short-track stuff. You want, you want maximum downforce with the least amount of drag. Yeah. And, so you're looking for some, and now the box is getting smaller and smaller and smaller because of the rules and what we're allowed to do. And, you yeah. know, this whole OSS thing, you know, is so, you know, it can measure so fine that, you know, there's the days of going for, you know, an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch. Now you're going for, you know, 90,000. Yeah, you're going for microns and shit. You know, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. You're not, now you're trying to go for 90,000 or 60,000 or 30,000. You know, yeah. 63,000 is, you know, uh, 125,000th is an eighth of an inch. Yeah. Okay. So that gives you an idea of what parameters you're playing with. Yeah. Well, I think Clint you know I mean? Boyer, you're, um, you're talking very minute stuff that you can't see with a naked eye. At Clint Boyer lost a race uh, a couple of years ago, Billy, because of something that was out of tolerance by the by the depth of a nickel, which I mean is like a sixteenth of an inch or some crazy shit or you know something like that, like yeah. sixty thousandths or something. I think it was. Um, and this is, I mean, I remember back in the day when they used to paint actual paint schemes. They, they weren't wrap schemes, and they became wraps. And then somebody figured out how to how to take that wrap and make it half as thick. Well, guess what? <laughs> he was in business, and everybody else was out of business because he had a had a more aerodynamic thing. And this is all this. This is crazy to me that 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 it takes just that little bit to to make this difference, and that's why these teams. That's why I guess Billy Bradley. That's why those things go twenty four hours a day, and um, you know your engineers sitting back in the shop. They're like, oh great, we get the um, we get the four a.m. to to eleven a.m. shift or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. uh, something like that, to go yeah. through these things. Yeah, it. Um, <laughs> It, it really sucks. This, it, it's definitely awful. the less glamorous side of the sport. That's for sure. Yeah, and 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 the funny part is, is that you know back when um, you know Lance McGrew, um, you know quit being crew chief for Dale Jr. and went to R and D and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it just it just it it goes to sh- this NASCAR is such a team sport because if those guys at the R and D center, you know. Those guys in the wind tunnel aren't doing these things and helping out and finding these little tiny bitty things. And that's why you hear these drivers at the end of a win all thank those guys because it really does play a big part of us. Fans don't necessarily see it like we do, you know, on Sundays at the track, but it's a huge part of the sport. And those guys are, are, are paying big dividends and, you know, back at the shop for the guys on the road. Um, 
crazy, crazy to think that changing these, these, these bolt heads would be, you know, something like that. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and, um, and, uh, we'll look forward. What do you say? Thank you for listening, and we hope you participate with us. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or Google Play, and visit our website, sloppyyellow.com, where you'll find information on being a Patreon and helping our charity, weareyoumatter.com. All right, Billy Bradley, we got a little bit of news yet we still need to cover um, here. Rodney Childers, I found this very interesting. Rodney Childers signed up for four more years, Billy, four more years. Kevin Harvick currently his deal goes through 2021. Now, I have long said that Kevin Harvick is is probably on his last contract, and and the reason I've said that is we, we've seen there's um, there's there's the last six seven years have shown there's a big age when you hit a certain age you start to start to slide a little bit, um, but. Kevin Harvick's family is growing. His son Keelan is <laughs> racing, and uh, Kevin Harvick is way too talented to do. I mean, a hundred other things. He's got cage time management. Uh, he's he, he can broadcast. I mean, he, I don't I don't know that. I mean, I think he still would certainly have the ability to drive, but I don't see him driving past past that. But here's the other thing we got going on, Billy, at, at Stewart House Racing. Let's say for sure, Rodney Childers we know has signed up for four more years. We got Cole Custer right now that does not have a seat, Billy. Cole Custer does not have a seat. Uh, Rodney Childers loves that guy. Um, and, and as the time we, we record this on Thursday before Talladega, uh, Almarola has a deal. Clint Boyer is rumored to be very close to it. These are one-year extensions, Billy. We're not talking about three years, five years. These are one-year extensions. Clint Boyer is very close to one-year extension. Daniel Suarez doesn't have a deal yet. Um, if Daniel Suarez doesn't get a deal done, it's going to be extremely interesting to see what happens over there. I don't want to speculate too much, but, um, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is a very up good. The end of this year? What's that? Is Suarez contract up the end of this year? Yeah, he signed a one-year deal, brother, and yeah. he is not, I, here, okay, not resigned. Go ahead. Here's my opinion. I think Suarez or Boyer, one, is gone, it will be out of Stuart Hoff and Cole Custer's coming in. I really, I mean, you, you can't miss an opportunity like that to go after Cole Custer. Here's what Adam Stern reported today on Thursday, that if they can't get a deal done with Suarez, that Boyer's deal was they said was in the works, but it, they said if they can't get a deal done between Boyer and Suarez, that Cole Custer will be in the car. That's very interesting because they didn't say anything about if he has sponsorship. <laughs> they said that he will be in one of those two cars. Um, and that's a that's a big – Billy, that's his – we're getting – I mean, hell, it's October. I mean, we only have uh, a handful of races Cole, left. In, what's that? Custer not have – Cole Custer, does he not have ties to Stuart Haas or someone? It seems like I yeah. remember – Hearing somebody said that maybe his father or something is big in the house, so I think the sponsorship will come if that part is true. I mean, hell, I may be imagining things. No, I've heard the same thing, Billy Bradley. And again, I can't, I can't confirm that, but I've heard the same thing. This is all to say, there is a lot of unknowns still out there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. still doesn't have a ride. I would assume he and 
Daniel Hamburger fighting for that um, for the 37 car. But I mean, who knows? I mean, it's Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and, and Tony Stewart. Their friendship is well documented, um, very well documented. So it it's a very interesting time if you're if you're into all that stuff. But I just thought it was very interesting that we don't have a deal on Boyer. We don't have a deal on Suarez. Um, Eric Albarola got his deal done today. The only person in that four-car team over there that has a deal and is locked up is Kevin Harvick. And I just – that's a – you got three of your four cars, Billy, that, that you – I mean, you're waiting until October to get these deals done. This is definitely a brand-new NASCAR from what you and I are used to from back in the day, son. That's this, what this scares was always me. Done. Yeah, exactly. And you were done back – I mean, at the latest August, uh, you know, by – Lots of big things going in, Billy. I, you, you, your voice was going in and out there just a little bit. Um, but this is all to say that, that, that there's still a ton of news that we still have to come out here. Like we mentioned, you know, you got Kurt Busch, Larson, Bowman. By the way, um, I, I, I we'll talk about this here real quick. We'll mention it. You did well with Bowman this week, Billy Bradley. Both Rob and I kind of uh, chuckled at that pick, but. Um, but you did well. Uh, let's talk about Dale Jr. download. This is something that um, I've been looking forward to. They had Bubba Wallace on, Billy. I, did you listen to it, Billy? I did. It way too early for them to go after Bubba Wallace. Like, <laughs> Bubba Wallace should have been three to four more weeks after the incident. Yeah. Well, right, so your opinion was that you weren't um, necessarily going to be a fan of his um, right here, what was your opinion after the uh, Bubba Bowman thing, and what was your opinion after of Bubba Wallace after you heard him on the download? My opinion changed. After, I wanted to be pissed off at him for at least three more weeks. It changed very much after, not not about him throwing the water, but after him saying he immediately texted Jeff Gordon before he even got on the plane. He spoke with the uh, – the, the head doctor there through the uh, track, you know. Yeah. I mean, he done all that stuff. And then he deleted his social media Saturday or Sunday night, like he said, he deleted it. He was smart enough to not even get on there and play into that part, you know. So I wanted to still be mad at Bubba Wallace for another month. Well, I can tell you this, Billy Bradley, all the Dale Jr. download did for me was solidify the fact that I don't need to worry about or, or waste any of my time. I guess it would be a waste of my time to follow Bubba Wallace from this point forward, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, now, I'll, I appreciate who Bubba Wallace is. I do not want him to change. I want his storyline to be in NASCAR. I, I am very glad that he is outspoken. I'm very glad that he wears his emotions on the sleeve. And as long as he is in NASCAR, I think he's going to provide old Datto some entertainment. But here's a few things that stuck out to me, which said I, it's time for me to move on, and I wish I'd have known this um, uh, years ago. After his um, – he had some trouble. I'm not sure if it was his mom and dad's argument or, or – he talked about the you know the divorce and that kind of stuff, and he and his father were having some trouble or whatever. But he had a function, uh, a, a Roush function to go to with with him and Jack Roush. 
and they were supposed to be, you know, dressed up in khakis and, and Ralph shirts and all this kind of stuff. But, no. He wore jeans and a T-shirt, and he looked at Jack Roush, and he said, deal with it. And I thought, well, there's a he wouldn't work for Dan Hodson at uh, at my company if that's what he told me. I don't give a shit what kind of problem he has. I, I, he doesn't show up to something like I'm trying to impress sponsors. I, I don't need a guy like that on my team. I just I just don't. Um, the second thing he said was at the Roval, he was so angry at what was going on on the track, he checked out with a hundred laps to go because he was angry. He literally said that on there. And although I appreciate his honesty, and I'm glad he's in the sport for his honesty, I think that guy's so damn dumb that he can't get out of his own way. And had I would have known he treated Jack Roush like that, or had I would have known that that he can't control himself in that man. Why in the hell would I want him in any race car I owned? That guy ain't gonna win me any races. He's too much of a too much of a bobber. I mean, if he can't take care of himself, and I appreciate the fact he's got depression. I've, my wife uh, um, has had depression. My son's had depression. I I appreciate what it takes to do that, but I also don't have to waste time putting him in a um, a half a million dollar race car, wondering if he's going to check out with a hundred laps to go or what he's going to do. I don't think he to me. I didn't hear anything that made me want to continue being his fan. What I heard was, okay, stop wasting time on this guy. There's a reason why he hasn't made it big, in my opinion, and that's because he can't control his damn self behind the, the, the wheel of a car. Now, you could say Tony Stewart was very emotional and this kind of stuff, but, but Tony Stewart won. Tony Stewart getting anything, and he, he has a chance to win. Uh, Bubba Wallace, he just ain't good enough for me to put up with that shit, and I think and I don't want to speak for Jack Roush because, number one, I can't. <laughs> but, I mean, as a business owner, if an employee showed up to something that big and and was out of dress code and said, deal with it, I would have dealt with it the same way Jack Roush did. I would have said, okay, we're going to move on. Good luck to you. Um, and, and, and I appreciate your your battles and that kind of stuff you have, but you got to leave those things at home. When you come here, I need you to be 100% focused on driving that damn car for every lap and not check out with a hundred laps to go. And that may sound harsh after he's been so honest and that sort of thing, but that's what makes this sport great. You got people that love Kyle Bush and you got people who hate Kyle Bush. Regardless, Kyle Bush is good for the sport. I think Bubba Wallace is good for the sport, but I'm not going to waste my time waiting on Bubba Wallace to get in victory lane in a cup car because it ain't going to happen, Billy Bradley. The guy does not have it to do it. And, and he, he all he did to me was tell him, Hey, I, I I can't do this. <laughs> Maybe he needs to go. He needs to get his house in order before he goes any further. Um, uh, you may or may not have opinion on any of this stuff, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you have a uh, any type of opinion whatsoever on Bubba Wallace? Uh, I think you're right. I think he is good for the sport. Uh, it sad. Maybe sad is not the right word. It's just concerning that you got a guy who you know, this is his livelihood, you know, and you're a fierce competitor and you're going to make statements like, well, I just checked out. Well, yeah. you just let your guys down. You just let yourself down, your owner, your sponsors, um, you know, something like that. And and the whole thing with Jack Rouse, that's something I didn't know about. I mean, you're when you're doing these functions, especially with your car owner and there's a dress code or whatever, why wouldn't you? adhere to that because you're doing something to improve or stabilize your your job 
and yeah. your position. Yeah. You know, you're you're meeting potential sponsors, or you know, or your or something. You know, I don't like I said, I don't know what the occasion was, but you were asked to do it by by the car owner, by your boss. So yeah, why not you do it? You know, and that man, and that man, cutting you a check every every month or or every year, whatever, however it works. You know, you're getting paid to do this. Well, this is part of your job, so do it. Yeah, take pride in yourself, and take it, pride in what you do, and do it. And Go ahead, is, Billy. Is, could, could that? Could that, I, I'm not saying he was right or he was wrong in that spot because he. If your boss tells you to go out and shovel shit, you're gonna go out and shovel shit. But or, yeah, or you're gonna find something else to do. Yeah. Right. But could that be the reason? You know, when Bubba left Roush, I mean, you didn't really hear a whole lot of him. He he done a little, few truck races for Toyota on and off. You know, he he never done a full year deal. I think he was just here and there. But could that be the reason? You know, he didn't get that full time ride till. Uh, Eric Amarola got hurt. Billy, I'm going to say this right now, right here. The fact of the matter is everybody from the outside looking in was wondering why a guy like Bubba Wallace who wears everything on his sleeves can't get sponsorship. Well, maybe we now know. Maybe it has nothing to do with whom he is and the color of his skin. Maybe it's because, you know, Reed Sorensen had Target. Reed Sorensen had Target as a sponsor. And the dumbass didn't show up to a target function, and he got let go at the end of the season. There's a reason why you go to these functions. There's a reason that you have to handle your business, or you don't get your, or you're out of the business. And all I heard from Bubba Wallace, and again, I'm not trying to piss on the parade or anything like that. This. He got in there, and on the Dale Jr. download, he spoke the truth. He opened up about all that stuff, and I appreciate that. As a human being, I am happy for the guy. I love the fact that he opened up about the family trouble and all that, because we all have it. It happens everywhere. Nobody's immune to it. But as a business owner, yeah, and as a business owner, I'm not putting that guy in the seat of my half-a-million-dollar race car when he's checking out with 100 to go or flipping somebody off instead of driving a damn car. I just It just doesn't make any damn sense to me. The kid's talented. He can certainly drive. But if he can't control that kind of stuff in him or, or put people around him that can help him do that, then, I mean, I, I just don't – I'm not going to waste any time. But I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to buy a, a Chris Busher hat, Billy Bradley, but you got me eyeballing – you got me eyeballing the, the merchandise shelf. I'll, I'll – I'll put it like that. This is all to say, uh, Dale Jr. Download still kicks me. Damn it, did we ever talk about Marcus Smith on the Dale Jr. Download? We didn't, did we? No. I don't think we did. Not much. No, we didn't. Billy, I want to, I want to say one thing, and I know I'm getting off track here, but I, I've, been, I've been meaning to say this thing. Um, the one big thing I heard about Marcus Smith is, is you know, people always, people always seem to – um, put guys like hell Jack Roush, Rick Hendrick, you know all these you know big team owners and that sort of thing on on a pedestal. They put them all on a pedestal. I mean, look how successful they are. This kind of thing. Well, there's a dirty side to every one of those guys who are in a big position. And what Marcus Smith said was um, that 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 I want to that I want to talk about real quick. Marcus Smith said that um, Bruton um, that, that was getting ready. He was losing his butt on on Charlotte Motor Speedway. He went to um, um, 
for, what do you call for, a bankruptcy. They screwed up. They they filed the wrong kind of bankruptcy, and they put a trustee in charge of Charlotte Motor Speedway. And did you, did you hear this, Billy? Did you hear the, the episode? Yes, and something uh, was in the contract or something that fell through, and they were able to open it back up. Is that where you're going at? <laughs> no, um, kind of, but but no. He the um, Bruton moved to Denver, Colorado, was selling cars, and then he got a phone call from a guy who he had sold shares to and said, "Hey, we're we're going to get out of this thing. You want to buy our shares back?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll buy them back. I'll buy them." So. So Bruton Smith walked away from that thing without without personally filing bankruptcy, okay? Uh, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. He's certainly smart and set it up the right way so he didn't lose it. So he walks out of there, buys those shares back, and people hear about it. Oh, my God, Bruton Smith's buying these things back. Well, I'm going to sell mine to him, too. He ends up getting 51% of the shares back, Billy, and what did he do? I don't know. What did he do? <laughs> he fired the trustee who was making that turned around Charlotte Motor Speedway. He went back and fired that guy and said, "Hey, I own fifty one percent now. Thanks for getting it straight. You're fired. I'm taking over." <laughs> I mean, what the hell? I mean, everybody's sitting there like, "Oh my God, what great guy and all this kind of stuff." Well, you, you don't get to be anywhere like these guys without having to do somebody wrong. I mean, there's two sides to every story, and I guarantee that trustee that busted his ass and kept Sharp Motor Speedway afloat and got it turned back around because Marcus Smith said they turned around Charlotte Motor Speedway, Dad got 51% of the shares, and they had a tough conversation. That guy was out, and Dad was back in. And I thought that was so funny that, you know, people just like, oh, Bruton Smith's a great guy, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, he's he's pissed off a lot of people along the way, too. You don't hear he, those stories. He only bought it back for the exact same amount that he sh- sold the shares through to begin with. Yeah, That's he right, didn't have to. He didn't pay any more money for what he did. It was just an even right. swap. Basically, he, he took the yeah. money and gave it right back, you know, three years, four years later. And I thought that was <laughs> yeah. wildly interesting. I hadn't heard anybody mention that, but some poor sack of shit did nothing but, but bring that Charlotte Motor Speedway up out of the ashes, get it back to where it was, and then got fired for it. So I was like, damn, um, thank you very much, but no thanks. All right, let's move to Talladega. Rob Lopes, this place right here give you a heartache. Um, I guess the only reason, to, the, the only way to handle Talladega is just to go out there and just handle your business and keep on going because if you let Talladega creep into your head, Rob Lopes, it'd probably scare the shit out of you. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's a – it's a chess game that's taking place at very high speeds. You know, the cars are close. There's a lot of speed. They don't lift. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's you, one mistake can ruin a lot of people's days. You know, you don't want to see that. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot going on because, it, I mean, it, it's no longer a playoff cutoff race, which I think is, very, is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, can, it can take you out of it. Yeah. It can it can doggone sure take you out of it, and it can it can it can lock you into the next round. You know, I mean, the cars that are in the playoffs are solid speedway cars. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's built rocket ships now, and yeah. you know, you can see there's a lot that can happen. And I think you're going to see a really interesting race. Um, I would like to say it'll be calm early and crazy late. <laughs> One because it's crazy late is usually a given. Yeah, uh, calm early you, is something that you definitely hope for. 
Yeah, but uh, you know, there's a lot going on. So I, I think I think it's going to be a really neat race for sure. And and it, there's a lot of uh, it's an it's an emotional roller coaster just sitting there. And if you spend any time watching, and I got spoiled working with Dale Jr. because yeah. that man is phenomenal at plate races. Yeah, and he just he knows what he needs to do. He knows how to do it, and you know, there's some guys out there that are still really good, and there's some guys that think they're plate racers that aren't as good as they think they are. Yeah. Uh, so, with that said, you know, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of different strategies. I'm sure there's guys that are going to try to protect themselves all day. They'll probably, you know, try to form up a pack, a second pack, and run, you know, away from all the craziness up front and just, you know, stay in touch with them and, you know, wait to the end before they make their charge. Caldeg is very wide, so you can run three, four wide if you need to. Um, but yeah, it's going to be—I uh, think it's going to be a show to see. That's for certain. Rob, explain to explain to me why you can run tires so damn long at Talladega and not have to change lefts, or not have to change. Yeah, not have to change them. Why can we run that that damn fast like that? Why do those tires last so long there? That the Talladega has always seemed to have just a not a very abrasive yeah. – uh, the, the pavement isn't that abrasive, so it doesn't chew them up. Yeah. Um, and even before they paved it, you know, since they paved it a house so many years ago, it's still – it's very smooth still. And, you know, even when they put that new tunnel in, it's still pretty smooth across the back. I don't have – I don't recall them yeah. saying, you know, any driver saying there's a big hump back there or whatever. And it's, it's, it's just not abrasive on the tires. So you can run your rights, you know, you can change rights and, or you can alternate. I mean, that's a pit strategy. You know, you come in and put yeah. rights on. Next stop, you come in and put lefts on. Yeah. Or you can double down on rights, leave the, leave the lefts on if you want. I mean, it gives you a lot of options. But Billy, it's, the abrasion, every, it's the abrasion of the racetrack that affects that tire strategy. And every year we hear the same thing. Billy, it sounds like we've been saying this thing for 13, 14 years, and we still don't have an abrasive racetrack out there. I don't know what they put in that. Uh, maybe it's that, that Alabama red mud they have out there or something. Yeah, that's that, what um, I was going to say. I mean, all you got down there is that clay dirt. So mud, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it ain't really dirt. And it does good for, uh, um, uh, I mean, they, they use a lot of clay masks uh, to fix skin. So if it's smooth enough for skin, I guess it's good enough for tires. Billy Bradley, like we said earlier, you dog, you took Alex Bowman. I kind of chuckled at you when you took out, when you said Alex Bowman. For I know, Dover, I but... back, I, we need to clarify some rules. I went back and listened, and you guys kind of chuckled when I took uh, Jimmy Johnson for my winner and Bowman for the dark or. Bowman uh-huh. for the win and Johnson for the dark horse, but your dark horse cannot be a race winner, correct? Am I right in that? Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. All right. I just wanted because that was why I made the pick like I did. Yeah. Well, I get it now that he finished third. I mean, damn, I did not see that coming, Billy Bradley. You snookered me, I think. And uh, and by the way, Rob Lopes won. Uh, Rob Lopes won is won the race. So it's um, I'm in the lead with two so far in the playoffs. You have one. Rob has one. We're going to Talladega, boys. Like Rob said, who who knows what's going to happen? Billy Bradley. We know the Fords usually get their shit together, and um, and they run as a manufacturer. They're the ones that perfected it. The Fords are going to come out there and probably dominate. But 
We know Chase Elliott's good out there. We know that 88's good out there. We know the, Benny Hamlin knows how to win there. Billy Bradley is kind of wide open. Um, what do you, who's your winner and who's your dark horse, bud? Uh, I'm going to go with Joey Logano for the win. Good pick. And my dark horse is going to be the six-team and Ryan Newman. Damn it. Oh, boy. Damn it. <laughs> Billy, I was just getting ready to say, but I didn't because I didn't want you to hear me, is what you need here as a dark horse is a guy who's somewhere between 15th and 25th in points. Because that and driving a Ford will definitely help. Because I'm surprised you didn't take your boy Chris Busher because that that's the oh, kind yeah. of car that could end up there if it gets crazy like Rob said at the beginning. I mean, those guys may be sitting there in the in the driver's seat. I thought about it, but then I like you know robbing them there a little sleep last week. You know, Newman's not not had many bad races. You know, if you sit and look yeah. at the finishes, they've not been no bad. So. He's going to come off this week, especially after being put out of the chase like the week before last. So, well, he damn sure knows how to get around Talladega. So that's a, I think those are two stellar picks. Rob Lopes, who you got, buddy? Yeah, the, his patience is definitely it's crazy. Uh, very positive. It's a positive thing for sure at these plate yeah. races because he's he's very patient. Yeah. Um, my picks are two Fords. It's going to be Kevin Harvick and Clint Boyer. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I was, God, I wanted both those guys so bad, son of a bitch, because I think, listen, the, the four, um, I mean, those guys were, were badass out there. Uh, the, the, I mean, Kevin Harvick is the leader of the Fords out there. Um, he, Oh, my God, those are two two great picks. Now I'm sitting here. Now I'm sitting here. I don't know what the hell to do, to be bluntly honest with you. And the fact of the matter is I do believe that uh, it takes it takes – it takes somebody who who is very patient at these tracks. It also takes somebody who who's been in enough of them. We we haven't seen too many guys. I mean, Trevor Bain at, at Daytona was was kind of a a weird thing. You know, first big race on a on a plate track had a badass car and won the race. But I think a veteran comes out here and wins this thing. I'm dying to go with Chase Elliott. Um. And, and and I was thinking about maybe Alex Bowman because I I do not want a Toyota which sounds which sounds weird because Denny Hamlin certainly knows how to get around that place, but I think I am going to take um, because my two best Fords are out there. The only other one I would take would be Keselowski, but um, I think I'm going to go. I, mean, I think I'm going to go with Chase Elliott in the nine car, and then I am going to take. Chris fucking Busher for my um, for my dark horse <laughs> right away. I'm taking your I'm taking your 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 boy Chris Busher, um, Chris Busher on the on the talk. So you got the Billy Bradley's got the 22 and a six. Uh, Rob Loeb's got the four and a 14. I've got the nine and the 37. And for all we know, um, none of those cars will be in the top ten. It's Talladega. It, this is why we watch this yeah. race because it's it's going to change. It could change every lap. I was there in two thousand uh, in two thousand nine or ten, nine when there was was it nine? Yeah, two thousand nine when there was eighty eight lead changes when we were doing the tandem drive. Billy Bradley, you and I have been there together several times. It's it's that's why we go to this race. And the only thing holding me back from going, Billy Bradley, is that damn ten hour drive. So I'm in Texas. I got nothing to do this weekend. I just I just don't know if I want to drive twenty hours round trip to go see it. Um, 
I'm getting old, Billy. Uh, you know, ten years ago, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have left at two a.m. and um, yeah, and stayed up all night. Through. Yeah, <laughs> stayed up all night. But I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. Rob Loves, I got a story for you, man. This is today, Late literally on. today, I was walking out of Home Depot and um, I saw some guy that had um, a bunch of plywood coming off one of those one of those uh, carts. And he was, the wind was blowing pretty hard. It was downhill, and he took the last sheet of plywood off, and his cart was getting ready to basically run right over top of him in the back of the leg. So I stopped it, and he turned around and he said, Man, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you very much. I said, Hey, we all need a helping hand every now and again. And um, he literally um, stopped and put his plywood up in there, stopped and shook my hand and said, Thanks, I appreciate that. And I said, You got it, man. And I pushed the cart. It wasn't even my cart, but I was going to the, by the cart bin, put it in there, and I got to tell you something. I felt great after that, Billy Bradley. All I did was stop a cart from hitting some dude and push it 15 feet. But And that's a good one. I never would have thought about that <laughs> until Rob Lowe's mentioned it. But, hell, now that I look for it, I see it all the damn time. Yes, yes. I've yeah. been paying attention as well. Um, we got anything for the good of the community, Billy Bradley, Rob Lobes, what you got, bud? Hmm. Let's see. I mean, I, whew, good of the community. I mean, just, I mean, just to go back on, go back on it. Like what you were just talking about. I mean, just be good to others, be kind to each other. There's, I mean, everybody's got stuff going on. You know, I, I try, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't walk through the grocery store smiling like I've got issues yeah. or anything, but I try to, I, you know, I try, I try to present a friendly look when I'm out some places, yeah. you know, with grocery stores and, you know, Lowe's, Home Depot, stuff like that. I, I mean, and you'd be surprised, you know, or even smiling at the, at the uh, person at the cash register, you know, hey, have yourself a good day. Thank you very much. You know, please and thank you go a long way. So let's, you know what, let's do that. Please and thank I, you. I let's love some of those golden words. Please and thank you, especially to our service workers, our waitresses, our waiters, our bartenders, our, our clerks everybody. at the store. Everybody can certainly use a please and thank you, and it's just it's just a nice thing, man. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I've been wanting to share that thing um, ever since it happens. I was like, man, that was really cool. That was, that was super fun. Well, listen, Rob Lopes, I hope you guys are safe this weekend out there. I know this is a... Uh, a big race. Everybody likes to go out there and show horsepower and all that stuff. I firmly believe the six team is going to be in good hands um, and in good shape out there. I know it's a, a, a treacherous one, and you're kind of walking on on eggshells a little bit out there, seeing what happened. But stay safe on pit road, brother. Um, I wish nothing but the best for you. For Billy Bradley, for Rob Lokes, this is Dado. Let's go Talladega and let's race some hell, Rob Lokes. What do you say, buddy? That sounds like good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to Off the Rails. Take a listen to Dado's new favorite song, Bougie by Mixpack. Can you just like chill for a second and stop being bougie all the dang time? Let's have some fun, all right? Let's go. Bottoms up. Drinks on me. Later on, I'm the party my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie? So bougie, bougie. Why you gotta be so bougie? So bougie, bougie. Gotta chill, need to relax. Not everywhere needs a VIP pass. Keep it up, you'll have no real friends left. Designer girls are gonna earn your respect. Just stop, you're being too loud. Your trash talk won't make your mama proud. Snap, snap, show your picture perfect, fake laugh. Back up, you ain't even in the limelight. Bottoms up, slow down, slow down. Drinks on me. Oh, oh, oh.
this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Girl, you gotta chill. Why you so damn thirsty? Oh, he got a rolling. Why you so damn basic? Man, I ain't saying you a gold digger. But what you doing at SLS when you stay at Azusa? It's okay, not my bitch, so I'm gonna walk away. Got better shit to do than to entertain you. Said she want the Fendi swimsuit with the Fendi shoes. Then she looked at me, I said, you picked the wrong dude. I'm out. Bottoms up, slow down, slow down. Drinks on me, oh, 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 oh. Later on, after party my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie. Why you got